0: If you've been paying attention, you've likely heard something about gut health and why zoning in on your gut health is so darn important. Coast of Maine believes in nurturing relationships with local retailers. So next time you're at your local retailer, look for Coast of Maine products. Get growing. Visit coastofmaine.com to find a local retailer near you. coastofmaine.com You're listening to episode 59 of the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast. You are listening to the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast, a show about living simply and sustainably with your family. Here's your host, Stephanie Safarian. Hey there, thank you for joining me. Spring isn't quite in the air yet, at least not up in the frigid northeast where I live, but I know it's coming and I cannot wait. You know what spring means. Spring is all about new beginnings in the form of... spring cleaning. And with spring cleaning, of course, comes minimizing and decluttering. On this week's episode, to get ready for spring the second it arrives, we are discussing five roadblocks to decluttering that I hear all the time. And then I'm following those roadblocks up with some practical tips to help you stay on course. I want to get right into it, But before I do, I have been talking all about my 14 Days to Zero Waste Kitchens course. If you've been listening to the last few episodes, I know you've heard about it. It is coming and it is coming soon. The course is a roadmap for you to sustainably minimize and organize and then put in place all the zero waste systems you need in your kitchens in just 14 days. Now, the course has a one-on-one component. So in order to not completely overwhelm myself, I am only accepting 20 students. So 20 students, and that's it. If you are interested in learning more and perhaps signing up for early word access so you know the second the course goes live, you can find a link to all of that good stuff in this week's show notes at mamaminimalist.com forward slash zero five nine. M A M A Minimalist.com forward slash zero five nine. Now, here we go on to decluttering roadblocks. When it comes to decluttering and tidying up and specifically minimizing, I hear the same five concerns over and over again. They are number one, but what if I need it someday? Number two, but this was a gift. Concern number three, but it costs me a lot of money, or its cousin is, it's worth a lot. Concern number four, shouldn't I save this for my children? They'll have a first apartment one day. And finally, concern number five, but this item has sentimental value. Let's tackle these concerns one by one. The first concern, but what if I need it someday? I'm going to address this concern with a personal story. I used to have in my cabinet a trifle bowl. You know what a trifle bowl is, right? It's that fancy glass bowl on a little pedestal that is designed to showcase all the different layers of a trifle dessert. I registered for this bowl before my wedding almost 10 years ago. I am ashamed to admit that in 10 years of owning this gorgeous trifle bowl, I haven't made a single trifle, despite my best intentions. It's just not something I am going to make. If I am thinking about making a dessert, bringing a dessert to a holiday, or bringing a dessert to somebody's house, a trifle is just not one of my go-tos. So chances are real good if I haven't made a trifle in the past 10 years, I'm not going to make one in the next 10 years, right? That's simple probability. And if I did have the inkling to make a trifle in the next 10 years, I can borrow a trifle bowl from a friend or from my mother or from my sister. What if I need it someday? Well, let's be real. If you haven't used it in six months, if you hadn't needed it in the last six months, chances are real good you're not going to need it in the next six. And if you do need it, utilize your tribe and borrow. Now, my trifle bowl story leads me to concern number two, which is, but this was a gift. If you have ever given a gift to anyone before in your entire life, you know that the gift is in the giving. Gifters are under no false pretenses that you are going to hold on to the gift until your dying day. Further, the gifter certainly never intended to burden you with an item that you feel guilted into keeping. So think about the last gift you gave someone. Would you prefer they enjoy it for as long as they'd like and then pass it along? Or would you prefer that they keep it forever despite the fact that keeping it takes up space, causes emotional stress, and requires time to maintain and clean? I'm guessing because you love the person enough to give them a gift – you will say the former. You'd prefer that they enjoy it as long as they'd like and then pass it along. Concern number three, but it costs a lot of money or it's worth a lot. So this concern has everything to do with the price tag of the item in question. And my response to this concern is, yep, everything costs money and desirable items cost even more money. The sad truth is that no matter what, you're never going to get the money back that you or somebody else paid for it. Even if you sold the item online or at a yard sale, you will get a fraction of what you paid for it. We've all felt that terrible feeling in our guts when we realize we spent hard-earned money on something we didn't need and we didn't use. This feeling is what I think is equal to equal parts guilt and embarrassment. It's just an uncomfortable feeling in your gut. There's nothing you can do when you experience this feeling except feel the feels. And here's the key. As you're feeling the feels, let the feeling inform your purchasing decisions in the future. That's the key, right? Because sustainable minimalism is all about buying less. That's that's the trick. But I'm getting ahead of myself. We're not there yet. Moving on to concern number four. Shouldn't I save this for my children? There's nothing wrong with it. Yes, you could save it. You could absolutely save it, right? But then you run the risk of having a basement full of stuff from every room in your house that you don't want or need just in the hopes that your children will want it in a decade or so. Now, here's a hint. If you don't want it right now, chances are real good your children won't want it later either. Your best bet with items that are in solid working order is to give them to someone right this minute who actually needs it right this minute. I suggest you look outside the box. Women's shelters, veteran shelters. If it will make you feel better to let something go if you give to worthy recipients, I suggest you... Put in the extra effort to find those worthy recipients instead of just relocating stuff to your basement in hopes that maybe, perhaps, just in case, your children will want them someday. Now, finally, concern number five is it's sentimental. We've all been there. I personally am fortunate enough to have family members who love to pass down their unwanted items to me. And I appreciate this gesture. I really do. I'm happy that I am in their thoughts. But for me in my home, a passed down item has to go through two distinct tests. Test number one, yes or no question. Will I use it? Yes or no. Test number two, yes or no question again. Do I love it? Yes or no. If the answer to both of these questions is no, then I have no choice but to pass it along. Because if I'm not going to use it and I don't love it, it needs to go. If the answer to one of the questions is yes, then I have some thinking to do. If the answer to both questions is yes, then I'm absolutely going to keep it. Now, if I choose to let something go, I remind myself of all the other sentimental items I have chosen to keep that enable me to remember my loved one instead of holding onto items simply due to sentimental guilt. So there they are, the five roadblocks to decluttering that I hear all the darn time. Now we are moving right along to some tips and tricks to staying motivated when the going gets tough. Decluttering is hard work and spring cleaning, I would argue, is even harder because of the depth of the task. That's why I am offering you some common sense questions you can ask yourself during the spring cleaning process to make these little micro decisions slightly easier. Now, as I go through some questions you can ask yourself when you're in the throes of decluttering, make a little note of one question or maybe two questions that kind of speak to you because I have found that... Oftentimes, people latch on to a question and it speaks to them so greatly that it sort of becomes their mantra. I have one such question that I ask myself countless times a day, especially when it comes to decluttering, and I will divulge that question last. Here we go. Question number one is Is this my favorite? So, for instance, if you are trying to decide between two platters that are completely the same in terms of platterness, is this one my favorite? Question number two Do I love it? Question number three If I lost it, would I replace it? Question four Would I buy it again? Question five How much would it cost me if I had to replace it? Question six, what's the worst thing that could happen if I let it go? Question seven, is this item in solid working order? So if the answer is no, say goodbye. Question eight, is this item plastic? Just very quickly, plastic is the worst. Plastic can't go in the oven. Plastic shouldn't go in the microwave or the dishwasher. Plastic holds on to stains and odors. Also know that plastic is unbelievably unsustainable for our planet because it lasts for 450 years on average. So if you have the choice between a plastic item and the same item made from another material, always choose the other option. Again, if you have two ladles, one that's plastic and one that's metal, you're going to want to keep the metal one. Okay, and finally, our final question to help keep you motivated is also my mantra. And it is if I were downsizing, would this item come with me? Now, I wanna tell you a little bit of a story about this question. Before moving into our house, my husband and I lived in a tiny little apartment, and we have dreams of moving back into the city once our children are grown. Always in the back of my head, I'm thinking about drastically downsizing. We're not moving anytime soon, but it will come at one point. And I'm always wondering if I were drastically downsizing, like cutting my living space into thirds, would I take this item with me back to Boston? This question is usually enough to help me make a decision one way or another when it comes to my own decluttering efforts. And I hope that one of the questions I posed to you spoke to you in a way that will help keep you motivated when the going gets rough. Now, if none of those questions spoke to you, know that perhaps Marie Kondo's decluttering mantra, which I'm sure you've heard before, or maybe you've seen a meme of it online, will work for you because it works for so many thousands of people. And that is, does this item spark joy? Does this item spark joy? While we are talking about Marie Kondo, another little tidbit of motivation is something that Marie Kondo likes to call the "just right click point." What is that? Well, Marie Kondo says in the life-changing magic of Tidying up," she says, quote, "As you reduce your belongings through the process of tidying, you will come to a point where you suddenly know how much is just right for you." end quote." So, once you've passed this point, you'll know it. Something will click inside you and you will never, ever rebound again. Now, finally, as an absolute last resort, I want to introduce you to my idea of the quarantine box. It's a last resort because if you're not careful, you'll have an overflowing quarantine box in your basement. And that is not the goal of decluttering. What is a quarantine box? A quarantine box is a repurposed box in your basement. Perhaps it's one of those many Amazon boxes we're all getting these days. It's just a repurposed box that you put out of sight. So for me, that's my basement. For you, somewhere that you will not see the box or their contents at all. Within the box, you are to put... The rare items that you are not quite ready to let go of yet. You know, you should. Perhaps it's plastic. Perhaps it's broken. Perhaps it doesn't spark joy, but you think you might need it. For those rare items that you know, you probably should let go of, but for whatever reason, you're just not there yet. You put it within the quarantine box. And now here's the key. Put a little sticky note on the item of the date you put it in the box. That's key because here's the rule of the quarantine box. If after six months from the date that you put the item in the box, if after six months you have not used the item, at that point, say goodbye to the item. Now, why does the box and its contents have to be out of sight? The answer is because... If you keep seeing the item, you are going to keep thinking about the item and you're really conducting an experiment to see if this item truly has a place in your life or whether you're holding onto it for the not so right reasons. So again, the quarantine box is a last resort for those real, real tricky items. Do not rely on it for everything because otherwise you will have a box or boxes full of stuff sitting in your basement. And remember, decluttering is not done until the things have been removed from your home for good. So there you have it. Five common roadblocks to decluttering followed up with some common sense strategies you can use as you embark on spring cleaning whenever spring decides to show up where you are. I talked fast and gave an awful lot of information in this episode. That's where the show notes come in. They are quite detailed this week. You can find them, and you can find more information on the fourteen days to zero waste kitchens course at mamaminimalist.com dot com forward slash zero five nine m a m a minimalist dot com forward slash zero five nine. On next week's episode, we are talking about our health and food and strategies we can all incorporate to eat a little bit healthier this year. See you there.